And welcome back, everybody, to Real Talk with Thomas Baya. We are here with Bobby Atlas, who is uh, going to play football at Hartwick College. Uh, he was the quarterback for the uh, Wilson Lake when we're sticking with Wilson for a little bit. Um, we'll get to other schools, I promise, but we're going to stick with Wilson for now. So first of all, Bobby, thanks for coming on. And uh, how are you, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing all right today. Uh, not very productive day. Uh, just, you know, another day in quarantine and just trying to get through it. So uh, we've been living, but it's been, uh, been pretty uneventful, to be honest. Now let's let's start here. Um, how have you been? I know um, you know you obviously a senior this year. How have you been doing with um, you know senior year getting canceled? How do you how do you feel about it? You know ending early. Well, um, obviously I'm pretty disappointed about um, baseball season. You know, just one last season with uh, guys who I've played with forever, and um, you know I I wish to have at least one more run with those guys. But um, at the same time, it's kind of I think a blessing in disguise because. Um, I really think that I probably needed a break before I went to college. Um, you know, and and I hate to say that because, um, it misses out on one of my last opportunities to play high school sports, but, um, I really do think that I just needed like the mental break from one season to the next, like, cause it was just going to be nonstop, just going right into baseball season without really any break. So I feel like I needed this before my first uh, year of college. I got you. I, I get that. I, I, I see where you're coming from because you're right. Because you are a three-sport athlete. You play football, basketball, and then baseball. And then going yep. in to play college sports, it would have just been right into it. So let's right. let's let's go back to uh, the fall a little bit. You know, we'll start in, uh, in August. Um, football season for your senior year starts. You're the starting quarterback um, senior year. What was the mentality of the team as soon as, as soon as you got there for your first week of training camp? Well, um, you know, I felt like in the past couple of years, the the main goal of the team was just to win as many games as possible and, you know, just try your hardest. And I feel like we weren't aiming high enough. So, you know, going into uh, going into training camp, I remember during like our first uh, little captain speech when we were uh, always trying to be captains, I said, our goal shouldn't be just to make it to a new era field or, you know, to win league or just to you know, those small goals, I, I really wanted to win uh, 14 games, 15 games and, and win the state championship. And that was the goal that we set as a team. Obviously, we didn't uh, get that uh, opportunity at all, but we made it to New Era Field furthest than uh, any team in 30 years. So um, really, it's just about setting the bar high for yourself. It's not about, you know, trying to just lowball your goals and, you know, trying to, you know, set, settle for smaller things. You really got to go for what you want. Now, Obviously, like you said, first time in 30 years, but since you set the bar so high, which is a good thing, don't get me wrong, that's a great thing. You want to set the bar high. Why set the bar for average? Because then that's the best you could do. Right. But why, or do, do you think maybe now looking back, since you, I mean, I'm going to say this, I'm going to put it in quotes, only made it to the stadium, you know, as opposed to your goals, do you look at the season as a failure? I don't say as much of a failure. Um, I mean, obviously we were league champions and we made it to the sectional final against a really good Southwestern team. And, you know, when you lose a game like that, again, against a really good team, I feel like that's, if that's the best that you can do, I, I don't see the season as a failure at all. You know, we grew a lot as a team. We, uh, we made a lot of strides, really big strides in, in big games late in the, late in the season that really, you know, put us on that platform to be able to be great at New Era Field. And, I feel like we had a really successful season 
even though we didn't, you know, ma manage uh, my goal of winning the state championship, which I thought was going to be very uh, pr probable, honestly, for our team. What, um, throughout the whole year, there was a few, I've talked to Julian and Declan, and yep. um, I asked them both this question, and I'm curious to hear what you say. Maybe it's different as a quarterback. I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to see see what you say here. What was the most memorable game for you this senior year? Uh, there's a few ones that, you know, I know will probably jump out to some people. They had the home opener against <clears throat> Akron. Um, was obviously super cool opening up that new turf field, yep. which is, you know, obviously, I mean, it's beautiful when you go and look at it, and I can't even oh, yeah. playing on it, too. And then the new fame game for homecoming, uh, Cleve Hill clinching, um, Portville game. I mean, what to you was the most memorable for you that when you look back in, I don't know, 20 years, you think of your senior season, you're going to think of this game. Um, I mean, if okay, now that you said that last little part, I probably have to say Portville. Um, and that's mainly just because of, you know, the stakes of the game and, you know, how close it was at the end there. Um, you know, that's always just going to be the shining moment. But I think, yeah, I think that's got to be my answer. And then a close second would probably be the new thing game. You know, just the magnitude of that game of, like, bragging rights and how many people were there. I mean, that was just a really fun atmosphere. I think win or lose in that game, I really think that that would probably still be one of my most memorable. But I'm pretty I'm pretty glad that we won that one. Oh, I bet. And why – let's let's say the new thing game. That was the first game that you guys – it was really close, like, the whole year. And yeah. I asked this to, to um, Declan and Julian as well. I mean, the Akron game was kind of supposed to be close. It was two undefeated teams, and then you guys um, ended up running away with the game. Yeah. But the new thing game was the first game where it was close, and you had to do the two-minute drill on offense, and you had to drive down the field and score. If you didn't have that experience, because you, you can do it in practice. You know, you can say, all right, we're going to go from the – from the 30 yard line and we're going to try and drive the field in a two minute. You can do it in practice, but nothing can live up to nothing can emulate, I guess I'll say, um, yeah. well, I'll say you know, doing it on a Friday night, you know, right. under the lights. Do you think if you yeah, didn't you. win that new fame game, do you think the Portville game, do you think maybe it could have been a different result? Cause you wouldn't have had the experience. Definitely. Um, you know, I've talked about this a, a lot with like other people who've asked me that, um, like other reporters and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think that if, you know, we don't get that experience in Newfane, there's a very good chance that we don't uh, replicate that in, in Portville. Um, Newfane was really the first adversity that we had faced as a team. You know, we, we've had games where guys were like, you know, key guys would have bad games, but, you know, we'd usually get picked up by someone else. You know, someone else would pop off and have a big game. And Newfane really was the one where we just had a really tough time moving the ball. Not even so much moving the ball, it's just like finishing once we get, got into the red zone. So I feel like, you know, just that experience of having some adversity and, you know, being able to practice those little trick plays at the end that actually won us the game, um, that really helps. And that whole week of practice was, was just that, was just doing the little stuff. You know, we did a lot of no huddle that week, and then we did a lot of our two-point plays, which we pretty much got down to perfection that, we actually only needed 10 players to, to win that game in overtime, um, which is a little funny story about uh, Zane Feely, who, you know, forgot to go onto the field for, for that last play, but we ended up scoring anyway and winning that game. So, you know, it's just a little stuff that we did in practice where, um, you know, just little execution and, you know, practicing the two-minute drill and then being able to use it uh, in the late game really did help. And, um, you know, back to your question, uh, like I said before, 
if we don't have that new faint, I don't know how well we do in poor will. Take, do me a favor. Take me through that final trick play. What's the play call in the huddle? What's the, when you call that play and are you thinking, yeah, we're, we're going to score on this play. What, what, what is the play call? How does it work? How does the play set up and all that stuff? All right. So I'm going to stall a little bit while I think of what the name was, but um, like just a little anecdote before I talk about it is like every day in practice, every we practice them like every like Wednesday or something like, we just like go around and, and screw around when we were supposed to be practicing them. And I was, I was told, uh, coach Gansha, I was like, one of these is going to win us a game. One of these is, gonna, is definitely just going to win us a game. And it was just a matter of time before, you know, we actually got it perfected and we had the right people in. Um, so the play, let me see. It's, uh, if you can't remember the name, that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try though. I think it's six, six pro right pistol. Uh, QB motion right, 22 zone uh, pop pass or something like that. It's something around those lines. And basically it was just Westy getting the direct snap at running back. Declan would block for a second and then leak out into the back of the end zone. And then, uh, and then Westy would, would uh, take it up the middle, um, you know, and we had a couple options. And then I would actually go out for a pass if, you know, I would be the third option on that play, uh, you know, just in case. But, I mean, that hole was wide open for Westy and, you know, it's probably a good thing that I'm talking about this right now because I don't think that my dad is ever going to use that again, especially after it was, you know, pretty much immortalized uh, by, by Drew Westmoreland. So let's sticking with your senior year, was there ever a moment in the season where you felt, and you were the captain of the team as well, was there a moment where you realized, okay, maybe, because you guys were just steamrolling the league, just steamrolling everybody. I mean, maybe it didn't show up on the scoreboard, but if you just watch the games, I mean, you, you guys dominated every game. Yeah. Was there ever a moment where you thought, maybe in practice, maybe guys were saying stuff in the locker room, like, oh, this is, you know, we're, we almost don't have to work as hard in practice because it's just going to come to us. Was there ever a moment where mm-hmm. you felt like maybe the team was getting a little too cocky, a little too full of themselves? Um, I had a little bit of doubt. I think it was right before the Cleve Hill game, um, mainly offensively. Like there were just guys that just weren't really dialed in that week. And, you know, uh, I heard, I heard a ear, I had an earful from, you know, coach Carpine just telling us we had a bad week. We had a bad week on offense and, you know, we're not going to be able to perform, you know, this is still a big game. They're so hungry. And I felt the same. Um, and I was really worried going into that week. Thank God the defense bailed us out though. Cause I threw, it was something pitiful. It was like, I threw, three completions and I had 30 yards passing and we, I had a terrible game, but then Braden had a really big game on offense and then the defense came up with like three or four turnovers to, to seal the deal and seal the league victory. So that was really the one game where I had a little bit of doubt in like our work ethic. After that though, um, we knew that we could beat anybody. We went into Silver Creek and we stomped them. And then after that, we were just on a roll and we went into New Fane and we, and New Fane came here and we beat them. So I think it was like, that was almost like the turning point that week where we just all looked at each other and we, we told each other, like, we got to work harder than this. This was not a cakewalk, this game at all. Uh, if we want to win, if we want to seal the league and we want to beat New Fame, we're going to have to, we're going to have to work a lot harder than this. How big is it for a quarterback to have, um, I mean, I guess we could say two reliable running backs, right? With Drew Westmoreland and Braden Dunlap. How important is that for a quarterback to have a strong running game? Um. Well, it was really easy for me this year, at least, because every team that we played almost had to be worried about Braden and Drew breaking one off. 
So they had to bring one extra guy into the box to defend the run. So then that really opens up uh, Declan or, um, you know, a guy like Jared Jakes vertically. And then we can throw a couple underneath to Julian Andriola, um, you know, and just having that strong run game automatically eliminates a secondary defender. Um, and that was a lot of what we did. We did a lot of play action and we, we tried to get Declan over the top uh, so that he could go up and get it. And, you know, those, those two guys were just workhorses for us, Braden and, and Drew. Drew didn't have a full season this year, which was, which was pretty uh, unfortunate for him and unfortunate for us, especially on defense. But, you know, those two guys ran really hard and especially like up until their breaking point, literally in the Portville game, those guys just ran their, their heads off and just really did a great job for us this year. When you're, you're, so in high school, the way it works is you're, you know, you run a play, then you run over to the sidelines to, from the offensive coordinator, who was your dad, obviously Mm -hmm. you get the play, you run back to the huddle and you call the play and then you go to the line. So you're calling the play. Okay, ready, break. Everyone's going out to their, their spot on the field. As soon as you break the huddle, where do your eyes go on defense? Are you looking at the defensive front? Are you looking at the safeties? Are you looking at how far off the corners are? Where do your eyes go first? Immediately, uh, well, it, honestly, it kind of depends on what team I was playing. Against Newfane, it would pretty much be either the safeties or the corners, just seeing how far back they're playing, if there's two safeties or not. If it was a team like Cleve Hill, I'd try to like pick out, you know, linebackers and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, I'd probably be looking, excuse me, more at like the linebackers, um, just to try to get my offensive line situated, making sure that they know, excuse me, geez, uh, making sure that they know who to block and, um, you know, where they have to go. Cause they, most, the majority of our plays in the first half, at least were, were run plays just to get the run game going. And then we would mix in a couple pass plays. So I would say, yeah, probably like the linebackers and then the defensive front would be my first, just so I, that I can get the line situated. And then I would worry about my reads after that. How often do you change the protection? Um, it really depends. Most of the time it's on third downs, uh, like a passing down. Um, you know, I'd see a linebacker creeping up from the box or I'd see him like, or I'd see like a nickel corner on the outside trying to, trying to slide in and I'd try to, you know, slide the protection to the right making sure that we have the running back going to the left and then the line is all just zone blocking to the right. Um, you know, most of the time is on third and long. I'd say that most of the time though, they were making the switches. Like the, my five guys were super, super smart, just super intelligent uh, alignment and they worked really well together. So, um, you know, most of it wasn't me, you know, like I said, when I first get to the line, I make sure that they're all situated. Like I asked them, are you guys good? And they're like, yep, we're good. And if I see a late linebacker, I'll, I'll point it out to Braden or I'll point it out to Drew. Like, you got him, you got him. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's like – it's tough to say. Like, it's really just on third down when they're, when they're trying to mess with you. Um, you know, just trying to mess with your protection is, is really when I would – would really only be the only time that I would uh, switch protection. Now, it sounds like just, just from talking to you in the, in the 14 minutes I've been on uh... – on this call with you, it seems like you're a guy that can watch an NFL game, watch a college football game, and you could just break down the play. You know, you could just, you could, I mean, I, I mean, I know you go to all the Bills games, you know, I know you're a big Bills fan and I know you probably watch, you know, like some Sunday night games or college football games. Are you one of these guys who could, when you're at the game and you're, and you're looking down at the field, can you look and be like, you know, if they're, the Bills are playing the, I don't know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, can you look at them and be like, oh yeah, that's, that's cover two. Oh, they were in man. 
oh, they were cover zero. They should have done a screen. Are you one of these guys that can do that? Well, to be honest with you, there's sometimes it's a little bit harder to watch games like when it's live. Like I can do that on, for like a Sunday night game or if I'm watching a game at home, it's a little bit easier, um, you know, but there's so much more stuff to pay attention to, I think, at a, at a live game that I'm really mainly watching the offense because I really don't care for defense, to be honest with you. I'm mainly watching the offense. I'm, you know, I'm actually like really on the lookout if I'm, if it's the opposing team, I'm looking for, you know, like false start or, um, or uh, illegal motion or illegal formation and stuff like that. So I'm really looking at the offense more, not so much the defense. Like I'll, I'll watch it a little bit after just to see like the way that they rotate. The bills do a really good job of rotating coverages and just like masking what they're going to do. Like they, they'll have like a cover one or a cover three look and they'll like a hide or rotate back into a cover two and they'll just, they'll ball hawk and they do a really good job of that. But for the most part, I'm really only watching the offense. Um, and it's kind of hard to digest stuff like that just because I'm, I'm almost so like into the game that it's kind of hard to pay attention to stuff like that. Like, but you know, like you said, a Sunday night game or a game at home, like those are the games that I'm trying to break down. Now let's talk a little bit about playing under your dad. I know you've been asked this probably a thousand times, but what was it like, you know, playing with him and, you know, going home after a game, um, obviously, except for one time it was a win. Um, what was, you know, talking about the game, I don't know, maybe you get home at, you know, like 11 o'clock and, you know, you'll maybe talk about the game for an hour and a half and then just maybe his impact on just your athletic career or even just your, your life, you know, as a whole. Um, to be honest with you, it really doesn't change uh, for him. Usually after he get, you know, there's usually like a get together at the Wilson house or something like that. And I'll go for like an hour and a half or so. And then I'll hang out with, with my buddies after the game. And then I'll see him at home right before I go to bed. And usually it's just like, that one was fun. Um, he talked to me, he'll talk to me about like a new run that we put in and he asked me, did it work well? And I'm like, yep. And then usually it's just a fist bump and it's a good night. And then I'm off to bed. Uh, usually it's the next day that we're going to talk about it. Usually when we're watching film together, but you know, night of, he just says, basically enjoy it. Um, you know, have fun and then, uh, be there on Saturday for film. So it is, so you guys do watch film together, like at home. Yeah. Um, that, those film sessions are mainly, uh, for him. Like he'll like to, he likes to break them down and I just like to watch, uh, you know, see what he's looking at. Um, usually I, you know, I'm not watching it by myself unless I have like downtime in school or something like that. So I like to sit in with him and watch his breakdown and, you know, see what he sees. Um, and then on Saturdays we'll, we'll go in and we'll, and we'll talk about it as a team. And that's really when, uh, when, when the breakdown happens. You have a great picture on your uh, on your Instagram page. It's it's one of my favorite pictures. It's you um, and you're you're I don't know if you're coming off the field. I mean, you obviously just made a great play or something, or made a good read, or changed a play, or it was something. And you came back, and you and your dad were just just kind of fist bumping right there. That, that's yeah. one of my favorite pictures. We well, talked actually. About- I'm sorry, sorry about that. Actually, like that game, I can't remember if that was Akron or if it was Cleve Hill. Pretty sure it was Akron. Like there was just one drive where I just didn't have it. And then Drew came in for a read option and he, I think he scored a touchdown on that play or something. So I was like pretty upset. Like I was just really upset with myself. So actually that wasn't me like off of a good play. That was him like just trying to get me back into the game because, you know, there were, there were a couple times like during the season where I, where I don't have my head in it, where I'm like making the moment too big that way too big than it is. Like in the Roy Hart game, the first snap that I took, I fumbled and he looked at me, he's like, it's not the Super Bowl. 
calm down and get the snap and hand the ball off. So he's actually really good at that. He's really good at calming guys down, like especially me, because, you know, sometimes I'll make something bigger than it is. Um, so that, that was another one of those moments. Here's the uh, picture here. I'll show it to you for people that are watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast app, uh, then try and look it up on YouTube later. But, um, you know, we talked off air, you know, I'm lucky where I have a, you know, a good friendship and a good relationship with you. And we talk off air about this. I, I asked you to name your top three favorite games of your whole career. And you didn't say the game at New Airfield. And I remember we, Hang on, Tom. I can't hear you. I think you muted yourself. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, well, let me, I'll start the whole question over because I don't know when it happened. So we were all talking right. to – it was me, you, and Julian. We were all just talking. And um, we were. I asked you to you both to say your top three favorite games. You both had Portville in there, and I think maybe you had Newfane in there. But Julian had the New Era game, and um, you didn't. And yeah. Julian's like, what in the world? Like, how do you not have New Era? That's, we worked so hard. That was like our, our big goal of the year was to make it to mm-hmm. New Era Field. We've been saying it for three years. What, he's, he basically said, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. And you're like, you're like, dude, we didn't win. How, how can mm-hmm. I put a game that we lost as a favorite? I think that speaks just to your competitive nature and how competitive you are. Can you explain why? Is that really it, that you didn't win, so I can't put that game in there? Yeah, um, so... You know, I really didn't lose much in my high school career at all. I probably, I think like JV and varsity combined, I probably lost like three or four games. And, you know, that was like the fourth game that I'd ever lost. And, you know, it was a great time to be there. It was a fun game to be in and, you know, just being on that stage and being in front of a lot of people, that was a great time. But, you know, the fact that I am so competitive and that, I, uh, I, you know, have this desire to win. I really can't put it in my top three favorite games of my entire uh, varsity career. Um, you know, it, it was just such a painful loss just because we had worked so hard and, you know, so many guys were out with injury and it was just almost it, it, like it, I don't want to say it because, you know, I don't, I didn't believe it before that, but like playing without Declan and being without Braden, it just, it didn't feel winnable at all. And, you know, it, you know, Drew had a great game. I still had a pretty good game. Everyone played pretty well, but that Southwestern team was just way too good for us. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I, it really just was not one of my favorite games to be a part of, mainly because we lost. All right, so we'll wrap up there with the uh, the high school career. Let's let's go on now. You're going to play college. You're going to play um, at Hartwick, as we mentioned um, in the beginning. Uh, what other schools uh, looked at you for um, maybe not even – probably, yeah, for football, but another school maybe that you looked at if you weren't going to play football? Um, well, my top three were uh, Hartwick College, LeMoyne College, and uh, John Carroll University. Um, LeMoyne doesn't have football, but that was like immediately number one on my list. My mom had a couple connections there and I got a pretty, pretty swift, uh, tour of the campus and I fell in love with it. Um, the main problem with that, like I said, was there was no football there. There's no football team. They have, you know, intramural flag football, but I wasn't really too interested in that. Um, so, and then John Carroll, uh, really didn't show that much interest in me, uh, at first. I was a little bit late uh, to the to the um, to the recruiting process, 
you know, I, I wasn't really the first one in uh, for any roster. Hartwick, I just kind of stumbled upon because they gave me a pretty good scholarship and I got in touch with the coaches pretty quickly and, you know, they invited me in. Um, but, you know, there was really no other, I didn't really think that I was going to be cut out for um, college sports. And that was mainly the reason that I really had Lemoyne so high up on my list. But then I, you know, I talked to my parents and they were like, if you really want this, then you should go out and get it. And I'm really thankful to have a program like Hartwick uh, that I finally found and, you know, uh, a, an, an academic program that I fell in love with and, a, and an athletic program that I fell in love with. Yeah. When did you realize, like, like, was there a moment maybe even in your high school career, or maybe I don't know when, but was there a moment where you said, like, holy crap, I could, I could play college sports. And then was there a moment where you said, yes, I do want to play college sports? Well, the moment really came when I had that discussion with my parents. Um, you know, they basically said, if you don't really know what you want to do with your life, um, you know, maybe playing football would just help out in that, uh, you know, in that transition, uh, just trying to, you know, solidify your major and making sure that you get your education. And maybe if you wanted to be a coach, this is a great end for you. You're going to have a ton of connections. And so I was like, I kind of weighed my options and, you know, the, the money was there at Hartwick and that was really the decision that I made. And like you said, like, you know, holy crap, I can play college sports. I thought it was, you know, I didn't think it was gonna be possible for a kid like my size. I mean, obviously I had a pretty good uh, varsity career at Wilson, but I didn't really think that I was going to be cut out for college sports. So I'm really thankful that I'm, that I have this opportunity. What, um, what was the, like the first, the conversation where you maybe talking with the Hartwick coach where you kind of said, yeah, this is, this is where I want to go. And also, is it true that they don't have a quarterback on the roster? They're bringing in like three freshmen. Yeah. So I got in touch with, um, excuse me, with a, with an assistant coach, the uh, defensive coordinator. And he was basically like the regional recruiter um, for, uh, for Hartwick. And I talked to him for a little bit and he said, you know, it's a great campus. You should come out for a visit. And then like literally that weekend, everything got shut down for every single school. So I didn't really get an official visit at Hartwick, but then I went to the campus a couple weeks ago and that's when I really solidified my decision. Um, and then I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question? Um, this t- uh, contact with the coaches, maybe yeah. Um, yeah. like that first conversation where you said, yeah, I like, I like what this coaching staff does. I like the, the yep. vibe here and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the, the um, quarterback situation. Right. Um, so then I talked to the head coach and he basically told me, you know, uh, we didn't, we weren't very successful last season. Um, you know, we're looking for uh, a couple more guys on our squad just to help us rebuild kind of. They, they had one win, I think last year. Um, and they, and basically he told me, you know, we're bringing in two freshman quarterbacks and then three, including you. Uh, and we don't have a quarterback on the roster right now. So it's going to be an open, it's going to be basically an open tryout for that, for that, uh, first string position. Um, you know, they had a tight end who was a converted quarterback in high school. And then their starting quarterback last year converted to running back because that was just his better position. So really there, it was an open tryout, um, for that quarterback spot. And there's really technically only five kids that are going to be able to, uh, to play that position right now on that roster. Does it, is it nerve wracking at all going into college? Like in Wilson, you were the guy and now, you know, you're going to Hartwick and you, and I asked this to, you know, the other two as well. Now you're just a guy. Does that, I don't know, nerve wracking, um, maybe refreshing a little bit. I don't know. What's the, what's the feeling about that? Well, you know, I, I gave this a little bit of thought 
you know, going in like, you know, uh, Declan and Julian are going to be going to the same school and then you're going with a couple of your buddies as well. So, um, you know, but I'm going to be the one that's going to be alone. Um, you know, I'm going to have to meet all new people, uh, you know, and I feel like this is especially why I chose football because immediately I'm going to fit in with, you know, 60 other guys, you know, I might get, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, quote unquote hazing from the, from the upperclassmen, uh, when I first come in as a freshman, but, uh, you know, um, I'm pretty excited just to be able to go out and meet new people. And I'm pretty excited for this opportunity. I wouldn't say nerve wracking. I'd say a little bit more anxious just to see, you know, I'm going to be able to feel it out and, you know, get to know my teammates, but yeah, definitely excited. What are you studying? Uh, what's your major going to be? Uh, business administration, uh, at, at Hartwick. Uh, they got a really nice business building, uh, over there. Um, you know, I'm pretty excited to get, get to do that because it was stuff that I'd done all through high school. I was a part of the NAF program. So it's stuff that I'm, that I'm already accustomed to, and I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to go into that field. Now you said before, um, on here just a few minutes ago, and then we've talked about this before just on our own, you want to go into uh, coaching a little bit. What yeah. level do you want to, you know, reach for coaching? Do you want to, you know, be a high school coach, be a division one, two, three coach? Do you, I mean, what's the, where do you want to coach at ideally? I mean, like I said, I want to set my goals high. Um, I want to be an NFL coach and, um, you know, that's really the dream for me. I would, I don't know how well I would do as a, as a head coach, you know, I don't really know if that's my position. I really think that I would be better as a coordinator um, or just a position coach, but really I, that's the dream is just to be a coach in the NFL. And I want to set my goals high and I want to be able to, um, to, you know, reach those. And, um, you know, this is where it starts really. Uh, Like I said before, uh, my parents talked to me about it. They said, if, if this is what you want to do, this is a great end. Like you're already going to have so many connections. You're going to have the, the, you know, the spot on your resume uh, that you were here. And maybe, you know, after you, after you graduate, you become an assistant and then you go to another school and then they know someone and they recommend you. So really it's just about, you know, this networking opportunity. And like I said, I want to set my goals high and that's to be a coach in the NFL, but I would also, you know, uh, just being a coordinator at any, you know, uh, NCAA school would probably be, you know, my next best bet. Okay. So, and I, obviously if you're one, of, and even if you don't get the starting job right out, I mean, God, even if they save even backups, I mean, look at Frank Reich, he was the backup and look how good of a coach he is. Cause they, and uh, right. obviously he just got fired, but Jason Garrett, you know, he was the backup and he ended up having, you know, some success as a coach in the NFL. So these backups, right. you know, they learn a lot. So that can obviously be a way for you to, to learn. And then, I mean, geez, you win the starting job. There's no problem there, Definitely. but, um, What's um last one here? And then we'll go to uh, our fun game, uh, quick think. So, or think quick. I apologize. Do you think as a quarterback, and I and I think I know what you're gonna say, but I'm curious. As a quarterback, do you think football is more physical or mental, and percentage wise, how much? Um, I'd say it's sixty mental and forty physical. Um, you know, the best athletes in the world that play this game, um, aren't just, you know, the biggest dudes, like if they had the biggest dudes out there, you know, there wouldn't be much of a, of a sport. It would just be, it would just end up being, you know, just 22 dudes hitting each other. Um, you know, the guys who are in the NFL right now are just the smartest and most, most athletic guys. Like they don't just pick up like 
the biggest dude off the street and tell him to go hit people. They're going to take guys who are, you know, have high IQs and are still really smart on the football field. You know, I, I don't think as a coach, I would be picking the biggest guy. I'd be picking out the smart, the smarter, the smarter guys and, you know, putting them on the field. And that's why I think that it's more uh, mental than physical, especially offensively. Um, you just got to outsmart your opponent. And, you know, those defensive guys, they're a little bit more physical than mental, but there's still like a lot of, you know, really smart uh, defensive backs and safeties that really know how to manipulate receivers. But definitely offensively, I'd say it's more mental than physical. Yeah, that's a very a very common answer. And I think it's a lot of people say football, you know, it's a chess match. So let's mm-hmm. go to think quick now. So I'm just going to say something. I'll run through a few of them. First thing that pops in your head, okay? Okay. All right. Favorite restaurant? Hmm. This is tough. Right now, I think it's got to be Ray's Tavern in uh what is that porter yeah porter, Youngstown porter yeah, yeah. yeah okay pretty much uh toughest player you had to face in your career hmm i think i'm gonna have to say jacks lighten from jfk um that kid's just a baller he's tough on both sides of the ball he basically ran the ball he was basically the running back um for that team even though he played quarterback they they ran the ball a lot with him and he's just really tough. He, I mean, he just never came out of the game. He was, uh, he's a really smart player as well. And, you know, he was one guy that I actually got to know pretty well um, as the years went on. So I think that he might be the toughest that I've ever played against. Craziest teammate? Hmm, Drew Kepner. No, Drew I don't know. I don't oh. know. It might be Zane. Zane? Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. It's either Drew or Zane. I'm going to go with Drew. Okay. See, so far we've got so we got Drew Westmoreland, Drew Kepner, and now you're throwing in Zane in there. So, all right, we'll yeah. see what some other Wilson people say. Um, what your favorite warm-up song? Take us inside um, Bobby's AirPods. He's getting ready for the game. Your warm-up song. Shoot, I think last year it was probably something by like Young Thug or something like that. Just like constantly on my playlist. Probably like Oh Okay by Young Thug. Okay. Um. Yeah. Biggest superstition you have? Um, so it's not really a superstition, but it's just something that I did every game. I was always the last one out of the locker room when we were going to hit the field. And then I was the last one on the field. And then I was the last one off the field every single game. And I wouldn't really say it was more of a superstition. It was just something that I like had gotten accustomed to. And that was something that I did. I would say one superstition would just be uh, I do a lap around the field before warmups. And then I go sit in the stands for a little bit. And I just try to do like a mental thing. Like I try to, you know, picture the game in my head. I feel like that might be a little bit superstitious, but like both of those things are just things that I do before the game. Best piece of advice someone's ever given you? Um, hmm. I think it was in my uh, internship last year. There was just a sales guy that was next to me at my desk. And basically he told me just stay true to yourself and, um, you know, just make sure that you're always you, especially once you get to this next level uh, of education. Just make sure that you're always staying true to yourself and making sure that you're always, uh, you know, being your own person. Favorite movie? Oh, man. I think right now it might be Iron Man. I just watched really? that the other day. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Uh, favorite athlete? Um, hmm. Probably LeBron James. Uh, I mean, he's just so dominant. I think for, yeah, I, th- I think it's got to be LeBron or Pat Mahomes. But, you know, I think if I got to say one from, you know, of all of them, I got to say LeBron. 
Okay. Now I'll just run through a few of your teammates uh, on your Wilson team and just in one word, describe them. Okay. One word. Okay. Okay. Braden Dunlap. Tough. Okay. Anthony Dispenza. Um, hilarious. <laughs> uh, Mitch Mahar. Uh, short. <laughs> um, Julian Andriola. Uh, Butterfingers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of razzing on this team. Uh, uh Declan. Declan Ferry. Big. Okay. Slow. I don't know. <laughs> Two more. Zane Feely. Um, hmm, this one's tough to say like one word about these guys because i want to say something like you know kind of jokingly but also like about their ability i think i want to say tough for zane again too but i'm going to say tenacious for zane drew westmoreland this is the same There's, i'm running out of synonyms uh you can, you can do it you can do a phrase if you want just hardest worker you know best work ethic like of everyone on the team just that's probably just what I had to say about him uh good teammate it's so tough like I'm just running out like because those three guys like Braden Zane and Drew were like the three toughest guys on the team I think um like one of the three and then I would put you know Drew and Anthony up there so um you know there I'm just running out of synonyms for all those guys I'm so happy I just remembered. I'm just, I was just about to wrap up uh, the interview, but I, I have one more question that I wanted to ask you. I completely forgot to ask you earlier. You, um, Matt Ferry, you know, was your defensive coordinator and assistant coach. You know, obviously, you know, he was on the defensive side, but, I mean, you had 20 guys on the team. I'm sure everyone talked to everybody. You probably talked to Mr. Ferry all the time. Was there, since he played college football, Division One college football at Holy Cross, did you ever pick his brain, and what kind of advice did he give you? Um. Usually it was after like practices and stuff like that. Um, you know, everyone else had, had left the locker room and the coaches just meet for a couple minutes there. And, you know, I, I would, you know, sit on what in, excuse me, I'd sit in on his like uh, drawing sessions, like just what he would draw up for my dad on defense. And I'd see like a lot of the different fronts and stuff like that. And like I said, I had never cared for defense really, but I never, I never really got to see um, like how meticulous it is and how, how much, how well you can put guys in, in position to succeed. I feel like he did a really good job of doing that. He put, he applied a lot of pressure as a defensive coordinator. And that's one thing that I really admired about our defense was that we were, you know, always constantly put it, putting pressure on the other quarterback just to make a decision. And, um, you know, just learning stuff from him is going to take me a long way. You know, I'm, I'm going to go in, uh, you know, with a sharper mind. I feel like him and, and uh, you know, Coach Lusinski were the two smartest guys defensively at least. Um, on our coaching staff and just being able to pick their brain about stuff like I sat in lunch with Lucinski every day and he helped me watch them so you know just talking to those guys um, you know guys who've had college football experience really helps a lot um, you know especially Matt because uh, he was a really smart dude. Did you just say Lucinski and Ferry were the smartest people on your coaching staff? Not nah, well defensively. Let's not get. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, don't don't show your dad this interview then. No, I, I, <laughs> or Scarpine. He, he might he might have a. Never mind. Oh, that's true. He watches yeah. these. All mm-hmm. right, Bobby. Thank first. Thank you so much for for coming on. I really appreciate it. this. Was awesome. I've never you know really dove into you know talking to you know a quarterback, and it's just so fun to pick the brain because they say it's the hardest position in sports, and it's just I can't imagine breaking the huddle, going to the line, and 
literally having a million things racing through my head. I, I couldn't imagine doing that and having right. a 200 pound guy who's trying to take my head off. I mean, I just, I could never imagine. So I love picking your brain about all this and, and best mm-hmm. of luck to you in college. And I, I know if you do end up being a coach, I know you're, you're just going to be fantastic because your IQ and the way you, you talk to people is just amazing. Thank you, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. That'll do it for this edition on uh, real talk with Thomas. Why stay tuned next time. We have a few more, uh, athletes uh queued up but uh we have a lot of people actually now that i'm thinking about it but uh i'm not sure who's going to be next i don't want to get ahead of myself but uh, it should be a lot of fun so take care guys